0: and be in prayer.
1: Living the Christian life isn't meant to be a sprint, but a marathon, a consistent step-by-step means of growing in your faith a little more each day. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah returns to the life of Elisha and his encounter with a figure who perfectly embodies this principle. From Elisha, the double-blessed prophet, Here's David with today's message, The Blessings of a Consistent Life. Somebody told me a long time ago that the problem with being a Christian is it's
0: so daily. (laughs) Isn't it the truth? Uh, There's no such thing as um, missing out on that important message. Every day as a Christian, you get up to face a world that is not friendly toward you and to live each day to honor the Lord. Living consistently, the greatest blessing you will ever find, but the biggest challenge you'll ever face. And we're going to learn about that today as we talk about the blessing of a consistent life. Friends, we just have a couple of lessons left. Uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, we'll finish up our discussion of Elisha. I probably should remind you that these lessons were given for the very first time to the community of believers at Shadow Mountain Church here in San Diego. And I taught these lessons outside. We were outside because the pandemic made it necessary for us to meet. We built a little arena outside, and every Sunday night I taught the study of Elisha. I will never forget that, nor will the people of our church. As we gathered outside for church, many people want to know, can we do this going forward? Of course, we can't do that because the weather doesn't allow it, and when it gets cold, we had to go back inside. But the blessing of Elisha. The double-blessed prophet has taught us a lot, and I hope you'll be with us as we conclude this series. And if you haven't already gotten the study guide or the CD package, which goes back and um, memorializes all the teaching, I hope you will take time to do that. You can get that information from our website, davidjeremiah.org. Well, here we go with the blessing of a consistent life. Today as we continue our series in the life of Elisha, I wanna talk to you about the blessing of a consistent life. I think consistency is one of the great secrets to the Christian life. We need believers who continue to walk with the Lord day in and day out, not up one day and down the other, not in one day and out the other. We need believers who just keep moving on steadily, most of the time quietly, usually without any fanfare, just daily, routinely, consistently, doing the things that God tells us to do in his word. Now, the Bible speaks of consistency in a word. It uses the word continue. And over and over again in the Bible, we are told to continue. Jesus praised the consistency of his disciples when he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have continued with me for three days. The Bible says we are to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. James wrote, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, he's the one who will be blessed in what he does. One of the great continuers in the Bible, it's one of my favorite Old Testament characters by the name of Daniel. Daniel was a continuer. He was a consistent person. In the first chapter of the book of Daniel, in verse 21, there's a very interesting little verse. It says this, but Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. This verse meant a lot to me when I was studying the book of Daniel and writing about it, and I accepted it as my theme verse for the book of Daniel. I signed a copy of the commentary on Daniel that I wrote. Everybody who asked me to sign that book, I put in Daniel one twenty one. Many of them would come back and say, what is that? Daniel continued? Why is that your theme verse? Well. You have to understand, Daniel was the prophet to the Israelites during the decades of their captivity to the Babylonians. He was an exile prophet. And when the Persians came and defeated Babylon, Cyrus became the Persian king. And Daniel was probably about 80 years old when that happened. He had lived a godly life in the public eye for almost 70 years while his nation was being subjugated in captivity. He'd outlasted some of the most powerful kings that ever walked on this earth. Through all the plots and intrigues and regularly lurked in royal courts, through all the jealousy that could be expected toward a foreigner in high office, through all of the volatility and capriciousness of the kings he served, through all the envy and conspiracies and persecutions that he went through, Daniel just continued to follow his God without wavering. So it's a great thing when you know Daniel's life to read in the first chapter, but Daniel continued. And wherever Daniel ended up, whoever happened to be the leader, whether it was the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar, or the Persians and Cyrus, or Belshazzar, or whoever it was, wherever Daniel was, he just continued to be consistent, and he always rose to the top. He always rose to the top because he was so consistent. He was so continually doing the same thing over and over again. His circumstances changed. His situation changed. His leader changed. But Daniel didn't change. He just continued. May that be a good motto for all of us. In fact, I once thought, when I die and they put a tombstone for me above my body, I'd be all right if they just put David Jeremiah. He continued. That's a good thing, isn't it? Just to be consistent and continue and follow the Lord. Well, in the story that we have been following in 2 Kings, you remember that there was a woman who was from Shunem. We call her the Shunemite woman. And she had an experience with Elisha. Let me give you a little review so you're with me as we move through this story. If you remember, she and her husband had built a guest house for Elisha the first ever prophet's chamber, remember? So when Elisha came through where she lived, they'd put him up in this prophet's chamber so he'd had a place to live. She had the gift of hospitality. In return for this remarkable act, Elisha promised her that she would have a son. And remember, a year later, a son was born to her. But one day, her son came down with a terrible headache and he died. In grief, the Shunammite woman saddled up a donkey and she went looking for Elisha. She poured out her heart to him and he responded by coming back and finding this little boy and putting him on the bed in his prophet chamber room. And there he prayed to the Lord and stretched himself out on the child. And I always thought this was really curious. The Bible says the child sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And Elisha raised him from the dead. Now a few years have passed since that event took place and the woman's husband has died and she is all alone raising her only son, and she is still consistently following the Lord every day. So if you look at the first two verses in Second Kings chapter eight, you'll discover this godly woman again. It says, she continued to walk according to God's word. Watch what happens, verse one. Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. As a widow and a single mom, this woman was doing her best to take care of her son, and Elisha comes up to her one day, and just without any warning or introduction apparently, just says to her, you need to leave Israel right away because a famine is coming. Now that's not much information, but the Bible says, verse two, The woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines for seven years. In that verse we read that she did according to the word of the prophet. The word really is best translated by the word accomplished. She accomplished what the prophet told her to do. In other words, the woman didn't just hear the saying of the man of God. She didn't just think or meditate on Elisha's words. The Bible says she accomplished it. She did it. She heard this man of God that she had come to trust in, knowing that he represented the God she served now. And when the man of God told her, you got to get out of town and go someplace because there's a famine coming, the Bible says she accomplished it. Now, this is a really important truth for us to learn, either from the Old or New Testament, because it's everywhere present in the Bible. As we walk with the Lord, and learn more about the Bible, we can have a gap that develops between our knowledge of the Bible and our obedience to it. And to hear God's word without heeding it is a frustrating way to live your life. The Bible says doing God's word brings blessing to our lives. Listen to James. He said, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Listen to me, the Bible doesn't say you're going to get blessed because you take good notes to my sermons. The Bible doesn't even say you get blessed if you go home and tell your father or your mother or your husband or your wife or your children, this is what Dr. J said in church this week. No blessing there, but you will get blessed if you read the word of God and you hear what God says and then you do it. The blessing is in the doing of it. Do you know the biggest problem that we have in our Bible study? It's we take good notes, we keep good notebooks, but we're not changed by the information that we're learning. There is a gap in the Christian experience, but it is not, as many people think, a gap between what we know and what we don't know. The gap is between what we know and don't do. We all know a lot about the Bible. Many of us have been going to church our whole lives. We were taken into Sunday school when we were children. We've been in Bible study our whole lives. Well, listen to me, friends. You don't get blessed by just knowing the Bible. There's no reward for being smart about the Bible. The reward comes in your obedience to it. If you're going to allow God's word to become a powerful force in your life, you need to have a predetermined commitment. God, I'm gonna read your word today, and whatever you tell me when I read this book, I'm gonna do it. No matter how hard it may seem, how difficult it may be, I am going to be an obedient reader of the word of God. I think the Shunammite woman agreed. Elisha just spoke 31 words to that woman. Notice what he didn't tell her. He didn't tell her where to go. He just told her to get out of Dodge. He didn't say go to someplace. He just said you got to get out of here, out of Israel, because there's going to be a famine and it's going to last seven years. And the woman didn't argue with him. She didn't ask for more information. She just took him at face value and she left Israel. And the Bible says she went into Philistia and there she stayed for seven years. When she left Israel and went to the land of the Philistines, she took a huge step of faith. And I think the reason she could take that risk was because she'd had an experience with God already, hadn't she? She'd seen God give her a son when she didn't ever have one. She'd seen God through the prophet Elisha, raise that son up from the dead. She knew God and because she knew God, she knew she could trust him. Listen, the more you know God, the more you walk with him, the more you involve yourself with his word, the more you know him, the more you're gonna be willing to do what he tells you to do, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. Sometimes God tells us to do something and we scratch our head and we say, what? But God doesn't make any mistakes. And if we will hear him, like this woman did, We may not have all the information we want. Lord, if I go to California and be a pastor out there, what will happen to my kids? I've heard stories about that place. (laughs) What will happen to my children? All I knew is that God said, go to California. I went to California, and guess what? He took care of all the rest of it. If you're obedient to God, and you do what he tells you to do, you can rest assured, as the Bible says, you will be blessed. She continued to walk according to God's word. But notice, secondly, She not only continued to walk according to God's word, she also continued to wait on God's plan. Watch carefully how the story unfolds. This woman continues to walk according to the word of God and it takes a lot of patience. It says in verse three of 2 Kings eight that it came to pass at the end of seven years, the woman returned from the land of the Philistines. Elisha's promise had come true. It took nearly a decade but we know nothing of the details of this woman's life in Philistia. Apparently it was rather uneventful. She waited on the Lord and worked hard to raise a son in a foreign land. And I want you to notice the faithfulness of God during those years. What did God do? He cared for them every day for seven years. His mercies were new for them every morning as he gave them their daily bread. God does not simply provide for his people once and then leave us to fend for ourselves. If God calls us to do something, he is obligated to teach us how to do it and care for us in the process. God's not gonna say, okay, I want you to go place and be a missionary. Good luck. No, he doesn't do that. If God calls you, he is obligated to provide for you. God isn't playing games with us. He's not trying to frustrate us. He's trying to help us learn that we can trust him. And when he asks us to do something, and it's really difficult for us to put the logic around it, but we know God has spoken. When we do that, we discover that in risking in faith, God always comes through. I can't help but think that one way the Lord cared for this woman while she was away, we don't know very much about her, but we do know she had the gift of hospitality. She obviously was good with other people. I would reason that as she waited on the Lord for seven years, she kept practicing hospitality, and God kept connecting her with people who could help her. Isn't that like God? If you're at a point in your life where you're waiting on God's plan, let me encourage you to continue serving him while you're waiting. Don't just sit there with your hands folded and say, I'm not going to do anything until I know what God... God really works best in the lives of those who are serving him. Do you know it's pretty hard to steer a stopped car. It's really hard. If the car's moving, it's a lot better, even before power steering. If the car's moving, it's easier to steer. If you're moving in the word of God and in the will of God, he's going to have a much easier time directing you than if you just sit back there and say, well, God had not spoken yet, so I'm not going to do anything. No, you go in, in what you know. You do what God tells you to do. If he's given you a gift like he gave this woman, practice that gift. And watch how God will use that gift to bring guidance to your life. I have a list of things that waiting will do for you. I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but I just want to give you this wonderful picture of waiting. Waiting will result in perception. In the Psalms, we read, the psalmist saying, show me your way, Lord, I will wait on you all day. You know, sometimes when we don't know what to do, we just have to wait on the Lord. I'm not good at waiting. I'm more built for speed than for comfort. How about the rest of you? I don't wait. I want God to do it now. I wish he would tell me yesterday. But sometimes God calls us to wait. And when we wait, we learn perception. Number two, when we wait, we learn that God wants to protect us. In Psalm 33, the psalmist wrote this. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In this crazy mixed up world where it's kind of scary... How many of you know we need the protection of the Lord? You need God to be your shield and your protection. The Bible says you learn how to trust in him by waiting. Number three, waiting creates perception, but it also gives you perspective. Psalm 37 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Here the psalmist is saying, Sometimes you look around in the world and you see it looks like all the bad people are getting all the breaks. All the bad people are succeeding. All the bad people are getting away with stuff and you're trying to be faithful to the Lord and you're doing your thing and it looks like all of the bad people are getting all the good stuff. God says, just wait. Wait patiently. Listen to it. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently and do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Listen you don't have anything to do with that you wait on God God will show himself strong in your behalf. That's what you call perspective and then God will provide for you when you wait The Lord is good to those who wait for him says lamentations Sometimes you wonder if God's forgotten about you. Maybe you're one of those who've lost a job You're on a jobless list right now and you wonder is God ever going to help me? You keep being faithful to him. You keep doing what God calls you to do. You keep praying. You keep honoring him in every way in your life. And God will come through and show you his provision. Finally, the last one is the one we're most familiar with and that is waiting results in power. Do you know this verse? Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah 40:31. You know, out of the times of waiting that we have, whether it's in the hospital or through a sickness, or being set aside for other reasons. When it's just you and God, and God and you, you don't talk to very many people, you read your Bible, you hear God's voice. When you come out of a time like that, you will always come out way stronger than when you went in. You will come out realizing that your dependence is upon God, and that he is faithful, and he will help you. Waiting means trusting. Waiting means, God, I trust you. This woman, this Shunammite woman, went away from Israel for seven long years, and she waited. Let me tell you one other thing she did. She witnessed about God's grace. Let me read to you verses four through six of Second Kings 8. Then the king talked with Gehazi, was the servant of the man of God, and he said, tell me please all the great things that Elisha has done. In other words, Gehazi was once in the presence of the king and the king said to him, I want you to tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. You've been with him all this time. You've seen all of his good things. And here's what happened. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was this woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman. And at that moment, the Shunammite woman showed up and she had her son with her. And Gehazi said, Oh, you know the story I'm telling you? Here she is right now. What a coincidence. Have you noticed that the more you pray, the more coincidence you have? She showed up just at the right time. And when she showed up, she gave a testimony of God's goodness in her life to the king. God timed the Shunammite woman's arrival perfectly. She appeared at the king's door at the very moment Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had raised the Shunammite son from the dead. What a great moment that was. Here's a woman who really pictures where most of us are. We don't know what's going to happen in our land in the days ahead. We don't even know what's going to happen next week. Do you know what I'm saying? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We know that we live in a land that has been blessed by God. We know that we love God and God cares for us. and He's provided for us in amazing ways and we have so much to be thankful for. But to walk with the Lord means that we continue to trust him even when things around us aren't the same. It means that we have moments like all of us have had when we've had to say, Lord, I don't know what to do now. This is different than anything I've ever experienced. And we don't know what God is up to and we try to figure it out, but we can't. So what do we have to do? We have to wait on the Lord. We have to live every day faithfully doing what we know God wants us to do. I want to leave you with this little assignment. I want you to commit your life to the word of God and walk according to God's word. Don't just listen to it. Don't just study it. Don't even just memorize it or take good notes about it. Do it. Whatever God tells you to do in this book, this is an instruction manual. This is how to do it. And he's the builder. He's the creator. He knows everything. If you read this book and you do what he tells you to do, the Bible says he will make your way prosperous and you will become a good success. And he means that in the truest spiritual sense. I want you to continue to wait on God's plan. Now, you really don't have any choice about that, but I want you to do it happily. I want you to do it with a smile on your face. Lord, I don't know what you're up to, but I'm waiting on you, and I know something good's about to happen because you're a good God, and I trust you. So let me encourage you, build upon what God is doing in your life. Walk according to his word. Wait on his direction. Witness to others about what he's doing in your life, and watch him work in your life. You will be surprised. You will be blessed, and God will be honored. Amen. Amen. The blessing of a consistent life. You know, there's really something really cool about being around people who are always, they're always where they're supposed to be. They're always on the right page. There's other people there. You never know what's going to happen when you meet them. They were here yesterday, gone today, up yesterday, down yesterday, back up again. I know that some people face those issues and they're not always explainable in human terms, but to be a Christian and to be faithful to God every day, throughout your life, that's an incredible goal and an incredible experience and an incredible blessing. Well, tomorrow we're going to begin two days of Elisha's final miracle from Second Kings chapter 13, and uh, be reminded again that at the beginning of his life, he prayed for a double blessing, and he got exactly what he asked God for. I have a little story that I've told on occasion about when you get to heaven and St. Peter is giving you a tour, you're going to walk in this room and it's full of file cabinets. And you ask St. Peter, what's in the file cabinets? He says, well, let me show you. There's a drawer here for you. And you go over and he said, oh, Peter, what's in my drawer? He said, in your drawer are all the blessings that God wanted to give you that you never asked him for. And I know that's just a... a a metaphor, and that isn't really going to happen. But it reminds us that um, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And one of the things we learned from Elisha is he was not afraid to ask God for big things, and God never let him down. We hope that you are growing in your faith to be presumptuous with God, if you will, in that respect. And don't forget, during this month, we want you to ask for the calendar that we're making available to all of those who will give a gift to Turning Point. We tell everybody this is for a gift of any size, and that's true, but we encourage your generosity. We care for your gifts. We take care to make sure that they're used to help us reach people with the gospel. And uh, when you send your gift during the month of September, please ask for your calendar. For 22, it'll be on its way to you in plenty of time for you to utilize it every day.
1: See you next time. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current series, Elisha, the Double Blessed Prophet, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca/slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca/slash radio. Or call us at 800 946 4300. Ask for your copy of our inspiring 14-month calendar for 2022, Moving Toward Hope, filled with scriptures and images to encourage your walk. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to instantly access our content. Get all the details when you visit our website davidjeremiah.org/radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Elisha, the Double Blessed Prophet, here on Turning Point. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth visit our website at david to learn more about how you can be a part of the jeremiah legacy society
0: commenting on the horrendous holocaust in world war ii germany american president franklin roosevelt described america's role in the war he said a nation does not have to be cruel in order to be tough Indeed, the world came to know the toughness, but also the kindness of the American GI during that war. The concept of tough love, of strength delivered with kindness, is well known today. The Apostle Paul used that idea when writing to the Ephesians when he talked about speaking the truth in love. If you have to speak a hard truth to someone today, make sure you speak it with love. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's loving strength on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.